0: It's a story told about a national magazine photographer who was assigned to take pictures of a forest fire. They told him a small plane would be waiting at the airport to fly him over the fire. So he arrived at the airstrip just about an hour before sundown. And sure enough, a little Cessna was there waiting. He jumped in with his equipment and shouted, Let's go! The pilot Looked a little tense, but he turned the plane into the wind, and soon they were in the air, though they were flying a little bit erratically. The photographer said, fly over the north side of the fire and make several low-level passes. And the pilot said, why? Because I'm going to take pictures, yelled the photographer. I'm a photographer, and photographers take pictures. You mean you're not the flight instructor? Expectations, expectations can get us into trouble. Though one of the four noble truths of Buddhism is that life is suffering, we tend to expect life to work in our favor. Those of us who drive to church expect to have green lights on the way, and we get annoyed therefore when we have to stop at a red one. If you've ever lived with someone else, roommate in college, if you've gotten married, you know that you sort of have the expectations that the person you live with is going to have similar tastes to yours and they're going to want to put furniture in the same place that you do, and that doesn't always happen. And then there are our bodies that give out from time to time. And we have to put them in the hospital, or we just have to put them to bed. And isn't that annoying that we can't get done everything we want to do? Well, earlier in chapter 6 of Mark's gospel, Jesus had sent out his closest friends to teach and heal. And we're told in verses 12 and 13, so they went out and proclaimed that all should repent. They cast out many demons and anointed with oil many who were sick and cured them. I like to imagine the conversation that followed when, as today's passage begins, the apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. Can you see the kind of tiny smile on Jesus face as they're telling them telling him how meaningful it was for them to be able to help all these people through the power of his name I, the example i thought about was teaching the proper batting stance i've learned this with two so far that kids want to stand like this and turn the bat over here and swing well it's 90 degrees. And so they have to face this way, even though they want to hit out this way. And so there's that same little sly smile on the parent's face when finally the kid remembers to turn the feet the right way when the pitcher's out here. So that's sort of what I imagine about Jesus, too. You know, he's hearing this from his disciples and he's thinking, they got it. They really got it. Yay! And so they're enthusiastic, they're excited, but they're also exhausted. And so Jesus has compassion on them. And he says, let's go away for a while. Let's go on a retreat, Paul, not just to Appomattox. Church council met last week and we were talking about a retreat and Paul said we should go to Appomattox. I said, it's not that kind of retreat, So, but he he takes them away. They retreat. They try to retreat from the crowds. They get out in the boat and they go around Lake Galilee, you know, maybe around a a rocky outcropping or a grassy knoll. And if you've been to Smith Mountain Lake, you've seen some of the coves that they have there. Can't you imagine, you know, taking a, a breath in one of those coves? But everywhere they go, people follow them. And so finally, Jesus gets out of the boat because he has compassion again on those who are searching out. And I think sometimes do we feel that way, that we're exhausted, we're sort of like an octopus and someone's pulling on all eight of our arms at the same time and we don't know which one to address first. We're stretched too tightly In a previous life, I worked at the front desk of an office, and as you, the visitor, walked into the office, you would see that the desk before you was long enough for two people, and so while my partner Kay and I were, you know, doing one of, while one of us was doing one thing, while she was answering the phone, then I could address whatever needs you had as you walked in, and things ran so smoothly when both Kay and I were there, but one day, when she was at lunch, I had a coworker waiting for me, a visitor asking questions about our services, and as the phone kept chirping, I would have to excuse myself and kindly ask a po- caller to hold, apologize to the visitor, try to figure out what we were talking about, and all with obvious patience and joy. In my mind, though, I'm cussing out the phone. If the phone would stop ringing... This wouldn't be so obnoxious. Well, it struck me only later that answering the phone was a part of my job description. That those interruptions were part of my job. The stoplights, the differences with others, the sicknesses, they're all a part of our lives. We may not expect them. But they don't have to be mere interruptions. We can choose to embrace them. Much of this past week was spent at the Outer Banks with my family. And every now and then I was taking breaks from from them to prepare the sermon. And on the way home, I felt tested on this. And as I was thinking about it later, I I thought, you know, it's really unfair that I have to deal with the lessons of my sermons longer than you do, but that's a job interruption that I'm trying to embrace. So I decided to um, let a family friend help tell the story. This is Magellan. Uh, We call her Madge. Brian wanted to call her Maggie, but I have a hard time with Rod Stewart's voice, so... Um, Anyway, she she helps us out. Um, Let's see. Enter address. Oh, did you hear that? Let me go back. Let me just try this. Magellan. Magellan. Sometimes you have to... Say a command. Oh, there she goes. Go home. Calculating route. Isn't she nice? Calculating route, she says. Oh, I should arrive at 1121 if I leave right now. (laughs) But... That was was not the case yesterday when we were coming back from the Outer Banks. Um, Our first interruption was shortly after we crossed the bridge to get onto the mainland. Traffic was stopped. After it started moving again, 20 minutes later, we moved slowly, 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 and then we could start seeing the flashing lights. And when we saw the accident... That's when I was reminded that I don't need to be in such a hurry after all. That my seven hours was not going to be seven hours, but that was going to be okay. Well, the second interruption came when I read one of those changeable highway signs like we have on 581 now that flashed disabled vehicle, I-64 West, HRBT, Hampton Roads Bridge Tunnel, five mile back up. My first thought was, I missed my road. My second thought was, what did Madge do to me? (laughs) I wanted to take 460, but I hadn't told her that. I just said, go home. And Madge can see dark asphalt, and she can see light gray concrete. She can't see all the cars that are sitting on top of these roads, Around And she can't tell me how to miss traffic. Now, I'm not as advanced as OnStar, I guess. But, you know, I just told her I wanted to go home. I didn't give her all the directions I should have. Frantically, I called my parents for backup because they used to live in that area, but they weren't near the phone. So there we were in the five-mile backup at the Hampton Ridge Bridge Bridge Tunnel. And that's when I started thinking about this daggone sermon. <laughs> <laughs> and thinking about the lessons that Jesus teaches us. And, th- and th- this is why we go back to the Bible again and again and again. is because we always have new lessons to learn. We use the time to change the CDs and talk about things that we had seen and done at the beach on a normal voice level instead of yelling over the noise of the cars. And so because of Jesus having compassion on the people and treating them like sheep without a shepherd, I had to see this interruption as a part of life. And I had to choose to not express my frustration towards the children or towards other drivers, or even inwardly at myself. It was just something that happened, and I couldn't change it. I just had to decide to use it the best way I could. Since Jesus is our best expression of God, we learn from this passage that no matter how topsy-turvy or fragmented our lives feel, God treats us with compassion. When we act like sheep without a shepherd, ignoring the steep slopes where we would fall or walking toward the woods where the wolves await us, Jesus does not ignore us. He even reaches out to us as a caring shepherd does and draws us back to him. One commentator says, If Jesus is supposed to look a lot like God in this story, as God's son, then we learn that we cannot wear God down with our problems. And we cannot exhaust God's gracious power. Life happens in the interruptions, but Jesus shows us that healing happens in the interruptions too. He goes from that point to a different point on the lake, and he continues to teach and to heal. He was interrupted, but he acted with compassion. Next week, some of us will go to Standing Rock Reservation, and we will be interrupted. Some of us will visit a store or a restaurant, and we will stop at a light or we will get involved in a long line, we will be interrupted. Some of us will go back to the office, and our co-workers will interrupt us. Someone will drop into our lives that we neither expected nor wanted, and we will have the opportunity, like Jesus, to show them God's compassion and offer them God's healing. So watch, watch for the interruptions, take advantage of them, savor them. If we give God the chance to enter our interruptions, we'll see together that, God, that the, the healing that God can provide to and through us. Let's pray together. We thank you, O oh God, for healing us, for reminding us of your love and your care, your strength, your power, your hope. We pray that you would drizzle that power down onto us so that with its stickiness we might invite others to be sticky with us and share together all that you do for us. Guide us, O God, we pray. In the name of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Amen.